In this episode, I speak with Tara Stroud, who is a part of the Cincinnati Sirens FC semi-professional organization. She's also a soccer mom and shares some great insights on college recruiting and what it's been like learning the game of soccer by being on the sideline watching her daughters play. This is a awesome episode with tons of value. I know you'll enjoy it. This is Karen Coach's Corner Chats, and on the podcast today, I have Tara Stroud. Tara, where are you at, and what are you up to? Oh, so I am uh, currently, I own a marketing firm, so I've done uh, a number of different things with soccer organizations. Um, specifically, I work with the Cincinnati Sirens, women's amateur uh, soccer team, and Cincinnati Swerve, which is the men's side as well. Uh, I also work with local you know, youth soccer clubs and sports facilities, training facilities in the area, uh, as well as, you know, volunteering and doing some things with the high school teams and and things like that. So uh, I am heavily involved in the, in the soccer world at this point. I've got four kids, three of which um, the daughters, they all play soccer. So um, I am seven days a week on the soccer field or talking about soccer and doing soccer things. So that's what I'm doing right now. So how did you get involved or connected with the the Cincinnati Sirens and Swerve? So um, I worked with, um, just on a personal level, with some coaches and things that got involved there. Uh, I've been working with them since 2017 and, you know, helped with a little bit of marketing, a little bit of some operational things uh, in the background. Right about the time they were talking about taking a trip to Brazil as a mission trip, um, you know, got heavily involved with that kind of stuff uh, and promoting it and, and video and, and, and chats and things like that. So um, just kind of evolved from there. And my love of the game and my interest there uh, kept me working with them. Um, like I said, some of the, the coaches and players there, I, I've known on a personal level for a number of years. So um, it was kind of a natural fit and I could help them with the organization. And, and I've kind of morphed and evolved as they have with the growth they've seen with a number of teams and, and Sirens Academy and things like that now. So I, I've stuck around and, and helped with all the marketing and kind of day-to-day operations, game day operations, um, scheduling and things like that as well. So from your time in 2017 to now, you just mentioned like the academies and some other things. What has mm-hmm. the growth been? Like, what did it look like when you first came in to now? Because it looks, I know following, because being in the area, there, there seems like you guys are doing a lot of cool things now. Oh, yeah. So like I said, with um, the beginning in 2017, they were just playing in the WPSL. Um, and I don't know, I think they had started in the, in the PASL as well, which is the Indoor Arena League. And now, you know, for the first couple of years, they did both of those things where they had a sort of winter season and then the summer season with the WPSL. And, and now with having taken 2020 off, so to speak, we, you know, we're planning on a season, but, but had the time off we were able to really kind of evaluate what we needed and uh, the growth that we needed, the, the players that were coming to us to wanting to play, whether they were going into college or already in college or looking for, you know, post-collegiate or professional opportunities. Um, so we kind of sat down and put and um, could help on the back end. But so now we went from the one WPSL and the one PASL to we have one in the WPSL and then uh, the OVPL, which is a regional league that was just formed last year as well. Um, so we have a U23 
second team, so to speak, in the OVPL. We have added a third team for the Sirens, which would be a U20 team in the OVPL as well. And then uh, in January or end of December of this year, we started the Sirens Academy, which is for U13 to U18, to be able to come in and train with the Sirens, do some speed agility skills training. Uh, we did a futsal league, we did a, a New Year's Day tournament and things like that. So in between their club and high school seasons, they can come in for six to eight weeks and train with these really high level athletes and kind of grow there. So we went from one kind of team to three, four, five at a time. Um, but it, it was needed. Like I said, the players were interested in coming to play. They kept reaching out to our coaches and looking for opportunities. So I'm super excited for the season for, with everything we've got going on. That, that's so cool that it keeps branching out. And I love the fact yeah. that it's kind of filtering down. So you kind of almost have like this system of building. Uh, you can work yeah. your way up, which is cool for yeah. like younger females to see. What um, what do you think it is that's, that's caused that growth? What a, What is the setup and what's drawing all these players to saying, hey, I want to be a part of that that's caused some of this growth? So I think, um, you know, the organization was founded on you know, obviously soccer and using that platform, but also giving back to the community um, and being involved in the community. The WPSL home games, um, all the net proceeds are, are donated to local charities around the area. So there's a piece of that that people wanna be involved in, um, but also, and I guess more so, the way that our coaches and our technical director and things structure the programs, we've gotten um, to be known in the leagues as kind of a model franchise. Um, with this growth, again, having a youth kind of standpoint all the way up to professional level. We have players who have played professionally that have come back and now play with us and, um, you know, and have transitioned from players to coaches. You know, Bridget Reeder, for example, she's Lakota West's girls head coach. She's played since the beginning and now she's our head coach for the WPSL. So there are respected coaches in place um, respected back-end systems in place, the way they structure their practices and, and what they do are just, just top-notch. I, I couldn't say more about how the way they structure things. So, um, you know, players get to talk and, and have good experiences and, and good opportunities and, and just more and more are coming. You know, we started kind of in Cincinnati, the regional area, and then that's grown and grown and grown. We've, we've got people from all over that are, are wanting to come in and play. So it's just been fantastic to watch. The other thing you brought up too before, like you were talking about the mission trip to Brazil. Mm -hmm. So I, I could even tell from right from the get-go, it wasn't even just the, just the soccer wasn't even the first thing you brought up. It was like, hey, we were about to go do something bigger than the game. Yeah. Um, and it sounds like that's something that, that as it's so cool because they're all adults and now they're starting to figure like, what do I want to do with my life if I don't do soccer? And it's so cool to have experiences in the, right. within the surrounding areas and what have you. Right. And I actually went back er earlier today, actually, we have a video of some of the players on our Facebook page that had gone to Brazil. And while they were there, they videotaped and we're talking about the experience there. And um, they got to play on the beach with some of the, the teams that are there and go to the Olympic Stadium. Um, but also they brought 200 soccer balls and, and old cleats and shin guards and, and all kinds of equipment to, to give to those uh, communities there that are less fortunate. So it really impacted all of them. Um, it impacted me. I wasn't on the trip, but kind of watching through their videos and, and what they talked about and what's important was just fantastic. And, you know, another trip was planned 
you know, for coming up. And of course, with COVID, it had to be canceled. So that's something, you know, on the back burner at this point, but still in the future that another mission trip, whether it be to Peru or, or another country, um, that the team wants to do. So that that is definitely something that has interested me a ton. I, I really want to go on the next trip. So <laughs> if you guys are listening, I want to go. <laughs> um, but um, it, it's just a fantastic organization from top to bottom. That's so awesome. I love it. Yeah. Um, yeah where do you see, where do you see this going? Like, it seems like it keeps growing and growing. Is there a, um, like, do they have a master plan of like, at some point we, we may get connected into like NWSL or do we become that a team from Cincinnati that's in NWSL? Uh, do we get connected with FC Cincinnati? Like what, what are some of the kind of hopes and aspirations for the, for the group? Sure, and some of those conversations have happened um, with our coaching staff and, and again, the technical director and things um, with FC Cincinnati, of course, in Louisville and things like that. Um, we would love to have sort of a, a step program to either, you know, filter into an NWSL program in Cincinnati or become it, whatever that may be. I know there's a lot of steps and a lot of things involved, but um, certainly that opportunity is something we are always interested in, in exploring. And again, we've had some players who have played professionally, but also that some that are still looking to play professionally. So, you know, if we can provide that next tier for them as well, whether it is again here in Cincinnati or elsewhere, uh, you know, we're open to those conversations to, to tie in. So, you know, sky's the limit for sure. Is there is there plans to it, it does the, the men's side is that growing as well? I mean, is there outdoor teams as well? Whatever. I know they. I've watched follow quite a bit, and I know the indoor team has been pretty successful in travels and what have you. Um, yeah. I know the focus kind of seems to be maybe on the sirens some more, but is that is there a, a thought to kind of balance both sides? Yeah. So this the Swerve program as well kind of started as a PASL team indoor as well and had some success uh, there as well. This year they are actually joining the OVPL as well on the on the outdoor side hired a new coach and new involvement there as well to, um, you know, form some teams on the outdoor side with them. Um, they also have a Swerve Academy. Um, same thing, you know, U13 to U18, some, the boys can come in and learn from those Swerve players too. Uh, certainly the indoor game and the outdoor game are, are a little bit different animal. So um, there's a whole structure in place as well. They don't have as many teams as we do, um, but I anticipate that growth as well with them. Um, but I think there's naturally more opportunities for men uh, and boys to play, obviously with the different leagues around. Um, so, you know, a little bit of focus with the women and giving some more opportunities for the women in the area as well. I think the cool thing is, is that clearly with the success of the national team at the, for the women and just all the things that they've been doing with Black Lives Matter and, and you know, equality mm -hmm. for women and, and gender. Yep all the LB, you know, all that stuff. Um, I think it's cool that we're kind of almost, I feel like we're, I don't know much about the the female game in terms of at this level throughout the, the national level, other than, you know, the highest one. So I think it's really cool for us to almost be like a beacon that's starting to grow something um, that I think a lot mm -hmm. of people might kind of look at and go, Hey, whatever they're doing is working. Let's see if we can kind of lead off of that. Sure, sure, sure. And I think, you know, being in the WPSL, and I don't know too, too much about, you know, the UWS and other leagues that the women play in, because I, my experience is obviously in WPSL, um, but they have 140 plus teams across the country, largest women's league. 
um, we'll play teams against in Dayton and Columbus and um, Cleveland. So there's definitely growth in Ohio and around Ohio. And again, with the OVPL as well, um, it is kind of cool. I mean, Cincinnati is certainly a soccer town. There's a ton of, of teams and youth clubs around. So I think it's, I think it's awesome to have, you know, the higher level uh, capabilities for these girls to continue to play and, and kind of enjoy the competition. And for you, why, why soccer? Was that something you played as a kid or? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, not at all, not at all. no, no, everything that I have ever learned about soccer has been through my kids. Um, I have, like I said, I have four kids. My oldest will be 21 this year. She um, started playing, you know, looking for something to do for my four or five year old, you know, energy running around. Uh, felt she fell in love with the game right away. You know, we tried to push her in dance or cheerleading or, you know, different sports and activities and, and didn't really have an interest in um, soccer kind of stuck with her and I enjoyed watching her play and kind of succeed and and get to know everybody in, in the group and the families and things and then of course there's you know my son came along he played baseball wasn't interested in soccer and then my other two girls came and, and there's a six-year gap between my oldest and my middle daughter so you know she grew up on the sidelines she grew up watching um she is such a little sponge you know to this day she'll sit and watch a game so you know, of course, she wanted to follow along in her, in her big sister's footsteps. She joined. And then again, you know, my younger daughter joined. So I've been around the game for 16 or 17 almost years now. Um, I fell in love with it, too. I mean, the, the things that I've seen from my girls and what they've accomplished and experienced. And, you know, my, my oldest went on to college to play. Um, she had some injury and, and does not anymore. Um but, you know, she was able to experience that level. Um, my middle one is in high school right now and having success and I'm loving watching her. Um, I, I just really enjoy the, the development portion of it. You know, when they're little bitty ones running around in this swarm and not really knowing what's going on to have a formation in play um, to, you know, being super competitive and winning district championships and things like that. So. Um, my claim to fame is only parent tournaments during our club season. Uh, I play once a year in that. Um, <laughs> I, I did play in an indoor league last fall, I guess, or last spring. I've lost track with this year, but, um, we got a, a group of parents from our soccer team to join a league on a Friday night. We were in a lower division and we were awful, but we had such a good time because none of us have never played, but, you know. We, we just love, love doing it. So um, I'm definitely not a soccer player by any means, but I just, I love the game and I would love to, you know, I would love to keep playing and, and, and kind of get out there and, and do some stuff, but yeah, I don't, I'm not, I'm not. <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming too, that the girls enjoyed watching you running around out there playing. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They of course will critique and let us know what we were doing wrong. Um, but in the parent tournament, I scored a few goals and I didn't get hurt and I was super happy about it. Um, and we just, we just have a lot of fun. So, um, and that's what I love about soccer too, is it gives people from any ability, you can go out and kick a ball around and have a good time. So, um, it's a really good time for me. I love the one thing you pointed out about when the oldest daughter was playing, 
your younger one just kept because um, I know for like the high school, they always have, there's always young eyes watching everything mm -hmm. you're doing. And so yeah. it sounds like, are, are the girls pretty close even beyond the game of soccer? Are they always kind of bouncing things off each other and, and kind of the oldest is leading them kind of as the mother hen? Oh, oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. Um, you know, the last couple of years, she's, she's away at school in Kentucky. So, you know, during the year we, we FaceTime a, a lot, um, but when she's home in the summer and, and certainly soccer is what binds them together and they talk about it. And um, my kids have always grown up in, you may not like the game or you may not like the activity that you're that your sibling is doing but you're going to be there supporting them and that's kind of the culture we built so um you know my daughter goes my oldest daughter goes to all the games and of course she loves it um my son is a little bit arm arm twisting at times because he's has three daughters that have played so you know sometimes he doesn't want to be there but um they do they get along fantastic they talk a lot they're able to kind of talk about the game at a different level because my oldest has been through it, um, knows what to expect in high school, and, and you know, if, if anyone else was going to go on to college, it's really awesome. And I'll, and I will say to my youngest ones, you know, call your sister and see what she has to say, or you know, even if an injury or something, you know, your sister dealt with that, call her and see what she thinks to do or or whatever. So it has been awesome to see, um, and they're so supportive of each other. So it's been fun. Um, and that for sure speaks volumes to, to the, to you as a parent and, and what you've all set up there. And you said seven days a week, you're at a soccer field or dropping someone pretty, off, I guess a sports cause baseball's in there as well. So yeah, um, pretty, so you're, pretty much <laughs> you're going from yeah. all day working with the sirens and, and swerve and setting things up and marketing. And then the evenings, it's like you become a taxi driver. Yep. Yep. So with my job and, and, and what I'm able to do with my professional life, I have that flexibility and it's kind of what I, you know, did on purpose. It was by design. So, you know, if I had to work on a project for the sirens or, or the high school team or something like that, I could do it at 3am if I couldn't sleep and wanted to be up, you know, for a while. Um, you know, I can go to my kids games or, you know, for example, Friday, my daughter's playing in the blue chip and she's got a one o'clock in the afternoon game. So I'm able to go to that because I, I structure my, my work around that. So, um, yep. But my, my kids are, you know, practicing Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, between the two, they're never on the same night, always, you know, um, Friday nights, we could have games. I mean, that's kind of my only night if I don't have a game, um, but Saturday and Sunday, obviously we're at games and tournaments and, um, we do a lot of team bonding events and, and things like that, or dinners or whatever. So, um, you know, of course with the siren season and the swerve season, they have games as well. So I'm at all of those as well. So sometimes it does get a little crazy, but, um, we divide and conquer when we have to, and otherwise I'm, I'm at everything I can be. <laughs> what has, um, the experience been with like, so your oldest was talented enough to get to the college level. Um, I know you're, uh, I think she's a freshman now. Is that correct? Yeah. She's yeah. very talented as well. I mean, playing in the blue chip and like opportunity to be seen by college coaches. Yeah. What, what has it been like dealing with what I would call a very talented pair of players or trio of players um, to keep pushing them, but keep them kind of grounded and, and focused on, on like the right things, I guess. Can you still hear me? 
Yep, I got you. In a little bit. Okay, okay. Um, so yeah, so it's been it's been um, kind of weird. So with my first daughter, she was you know I think to this day we'll never tell you that she thought she was as talented as as we thought she was or you know her coach or whatever. Um, and we had those discussions, and she wasn't sure if she wanted to go to college and play or what you know what her plans were. And I always told her, and I say the same to my other other girls. I said, you know you've earned the right in all the years you've put in to have that choice. And, you know, if you get to your senior year, I want you to know that you've done everything in your power to lay that decision at your feet, do all the work, do all the prep, do everything that, that you can. So you make that decision. You don't allow the soccer, you know, gods, so to speak, make that decision for you. So, um, we talk a lot about what their goals are and, and, and plans for the future and preparing for them no matter what they what they are. So um, my perspective has changed a little bit with recruiting in college after having gone through it with my first daughter. Um, I didn't know what I didn't know then, um, but I did a lot of research and a lot of behind the scenes things and um, certainly let her handle that process of contacting coaches and whatever. I never got involved with that. But if she had questions or what should I do or whatever, um, we would we would lean on our coaches or, you know, I, I would able to make a, a little bit more educated conversation or decision about that. So um, but like I said, my perspective has changed a, a bit about recruiting, um, especially with my older daughter getting hurt and having some injuries. And, and she didn't finish her college career playing um, and has, you know, had a focus on her academics and her major, which again, I mean, it always should be anyway. Um, so yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see with my freshman going up, what kind of her plans are and, and we'll have those same conversations, do everything in your power to be prepared, to have the opportunity. And then if you decide to walk away, fine. If you decided to some, do something else outside of college soccer or, you know, college altogether, fine. But we want that to be your decision. We don't want you know, you decide senior year that you really do want to play and you've lost the opportunity because you didn't put the work in. I love the fact that um, you you have put it on their, completely on their shoulders. It's mm -hmm. not like, oh, well, mom said I need to be like, I, like you know, I'm going to do the same thing. I have a son who's uh, a sophomore in college that's playing and I have a senior right now who's going through the whole process of, and I, my wife and I keep telling like, look, I'll support you, whatever you choose. You want to go become just a student, enjoy your four years, then go do it. If you want to play and experience that, that's up to you um, type of thing. But I love the the message you sent to him. Like, just because you say you want to go play, doesn't mean you just go and rock and roll. Like, I need you to put in, you have to put the work in. If you've been playing for the last 12 years, why would you want to waste, you know, these next two or three years in the high school level in a club, um, not putting yourself in the best position um, on there. I think that's a great message for parents to hear is, um, you know, it's not me making the decision, it's you. So if you want to go play, um, what, what are some of the things now that you look back at maybe the first time, then the second time, what were maybe some little things that maybe someone could, could learn from that? Hey, if I could do it again, as far as re recruiting goes and things, yeah, the whole experience of that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, there are so many things out there, so many platforms out there, so many people trying to, to buy, you know, go, come to this website, we'll help you get recruited or come to this showcase and, and we'll help you get recruited. Um, 
you know, we're not a family that has oodles and oodles and oodles of money. So we didn't go out there and pay for every camp anyway. Um, but kind of, you know, you get excited and it's a natural occurrence. And I still do, you know, if a coach reaches out to me or, you know, cause I know a lot on personal level. So I, you know, just in conversation, they happen to be in a game or whatever. Um, and they, and they give you a compliment about your daughter playing, you get excited. That's the natural, you know, response. Right. Um, but to not get so excited or so wrapped up in that process and trying to keep an objective view on what's best go more research after the fact. Um, we did get excited about some college coaches reaching out, um, that maybe blinded us a little bit in, in what to expect. Um, certainly doing their research and, and her going and playing that first year, knowing that there were three a days and she was getting up at five or six in the morning and, and doing, you know, workouts at seven and playing at 12 and then doing the gym at five and then trying to fit in class and that kind of stuff. Um, you know, again, you don't know what you don't know. So having those sorts of things and kind of what I'm looking at at programs now, um, and I do, I, I spend a lot of time on social media with my work. I go and I, I follow a lot of college accounts now and who's really hyping up their players and who's talking about their successes and, and who's out doing stuff in the community or, you know, or just sharing some random meme that they think is funny. I think all of those non-soccer things speak volumes about the program too. I mean, maybe that's silly from a mom versus these college coaches that, oh, it's only about soccer. Um, but for me, it does, it's, it speaks volumes on, on how they treat their players and what's out there and, um, you know, talking to other parents that, that experience it or have players currently there, or, um, you know, I just, I just look with a different filter, I guess, and, and kind of absorb it all and, you know, remind my daughter's friends now don't get so caught up in the excitement of it. It's a big decision. It's, it's big money it's big time. It's a, it's a job in college. There's not a lot of time to do anything else, you know? So I don't know. I, I, I just, I just look at it differently now, you know? I, I think it's a great point that sometimes you get so caught up in the, yeah. Oh, I'm going to have a signing day and I'm mm-hmm. going to go play soccer. And you, you know what high school is like and you know what clubs like, but like you just pointed out, it's a whole different beast when you get to college. It's very much mm-hmm. more structured. Um, yeah. And the the whole thing of you're now an adult, you're on your own. So mom is not going to be taking you to your practices or whatever. Or if you get home late from an away game, I'm sure that's another thing that your oldest is talking about. Like we went on an away game and it finished at 10 and we rode the bus and I wasn't in bed until right. one. And I had class right, right. in the morning at you know eight o'clock. Um, so I think there's a lot of growing up that has to occur and it, and I love the point that you made of, I'm looking for not just the soccer thing, but is there some, what personality does the coach have? Like you said, little funny memes, or do they post fun, like futsal games that they're playing during the winter? Or like you talked about the, the bonding and team bonding type things. And are Mm -hmm. they doing little things like that, that I know are going to help my player in your situation your daughter or daughters you know get acclimated and socialized into the mix and what have you yeah sure yeah and you look at you know obviously the soccer things they're winning and loss record you know if they go to the tournament you know how many people they keep on their roster you know you look at all of that stuff too 
Um, but like I said, I think it's equally as important to look at the, the non-soccer stuff and, and just get the big picture. Obviously visiting the campuses, we went, um, you know, before we even talked to anybody, we went to D3 schools, D2 schools, D1 schools. We looked around at how big they were, where they were located, what food places were around, you know, the typical college stuff, you know, kind of made a mental list. Is this a type of school you'd want to be at? Um, do they have your major? Obviously all of that stuff. So um, yeah, I just look at everything. Everything matters to me. Um, and now having gone through it and what her college experience has been and continues to be, certainly that will carry through, you know, as well in, in looking at colleges for, for my other kids. But um, it's definitely a process and it evolves because I feel like, I feel like when she, so she's a junior in college. So I feel like when she was a, in high school, you know, her class as, as freshmen, there were so many that were verbally committed so, so early, um, sophomores. Like I felt like my daughter committed very late. Um, and I feel like the trend maybe is, is changing a little bit to where they're not looking at freshmen and sophomores so much as I feel like they did back then. Um, and maybe it's because I'm not in it as much right now as I was, um, which I think is a good thing because, you know, my, my freshman is, is good now. Will she plateau? Will she get better? We don't, we don't know. She's a little bitty freshman. <laughs> so I, I think that, you know, I, I'm excited if that's the case that um, they're not expecting people to commit freshman year at this point yeah I think I think the it's funny because that's almost counterintuitive to culture now where everything is I click a button and I get mm -hmm. in real quick yeah. um, the other thing was did with the other players verbally committing early did your daughter feel pressured to make a decision or was she able to be like hey they're their own person and I mean did you sometimes I say look I know so and so they've said that but just you'll figure it out like once it comes it's okay to take time and, and work through it yeah I think there was a little bit of pressure um at times because a lot of her very very close friends were committing and and kind of experiencing that hoopla about committing and and talking about college um I think there was a little bit of that in a personal level but we just hadn't found the right fit yet and she knew that and she knew that it was going to be a commitment so she was fine with waiting a little bit um, she committed, I think the end of her junior year. So still wasn't senior year. Um, and it was kind of nice though, for her to go through her senior year and play her senior senior season and not have to worry about where she was going. I mean, that, that was a nice thing. Um, but yeah, we, we were very open and we talked about a lot of stuff and, you know, this is your journey. It's no one else's and whatever happens happens. And like I said, if you decide ultimately senior year, you don't want to go somewhere just because you have offers doesn't mean you have to, um, you know, and we kind of went from there. So um, it was a fun experience. I mean, it really was, but we, we found the right fit at the time and it worked out for her. So. Awesome. That is so cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love your perspective on things. It's, it's like, I'm a doer, but I also take in the full picture of things, even at the, with, you know, Cincinnati Sirens and Swerve, it seems like you're constantly looking for opportunities to make yeah. impact in the community impact within mm -hmm. our our the club um what have what has it been like as a parent um dealing with with coaching and what have you are you a are you a a, a, a talker during the games do you relax are you a <laughs> after the game i'll get my two cents um what's that experience being across from from the coach i guess 
Yeah, so that has definitely been something uh, that's evolved as well. Um, you know, early on, obviously, with my older daughter, I didn't know the game as much. I was learning as she was learning. Um, I was more of a, a, a cheer, yell, not a yeller, but on the sideline, oh, run this way or kick this way, you know, the normal things. Yeah. Um, I have to say that I've, I've been put in my place a few times by coaches through the years in a nice way, but um, why did you tell your daughter that? That's not what we're working on. Or even my daughter, you know, why, mom, we're not doing that in practice. Or I ran this way because this person was running this way or what, whatever. Um, so I've been put in my place and I, I've had those conversations. So um, a couple years after that and kind of learning that process, I vowed to my kids and to myself that I was going to soak up as much knowledge as I could. So I understood what was going on in the game. And that kind of started, I guess, the fire of me loving the game as well that way too, because I go to my kids' practices and I, and I not so much right now, um, but I would sit on the sideline at practice and I would listen to every single thing that was going on at practice. And I would listen to what the coaches were working on. And I would be better understand how it translated into a game because I saw him working on X, Y, Z at practice. Um, we've been fortunate to have really great coaches that aren't yellers during games. They like to teach and then let the kids play. And I'd have conversation with the coaches and say, you know, why did you do that? Or, you know, after a practice in my car, what'd you guys work on at practice today? And would let them kind of dump it on me. And so I would understand. So as the years got have gone on, I've gotten not as quiet. I'm still like a excited person, but I, I purposely try to just cheer positive things like great job. So-and-so way to run good hustle, those kind of things versus trying to coach my kid or anybody else on the sideline. Um, and that's just from, like I said, me being put in my place and understanding that I've hired a coach to do something for my kids, just as I've hired a teacher to teach them at school, just as I've, I, you know, a piano teacher, whatever it is. Um, I don't know more than they do. So I'm going to let them do their job. So I, like I said, I vowed to myself to kind of be that way. Um, I've surrounded myself with a ton of great people in sirens and things like that, that every time they open their mouth, I'm learning something. So um, it's gotten easier for me on the sidelines. I, I understand again, that big picture of what's going on. Um, but it's, it's definitely been an evolution. <laughs> definitely. I love the fact that you said that it's been an evolution. And the cool thing about it too, was um, I love the fact that you kind of said, okay, they're telling me I'm not focused on the right things. I'm going to learn. I think that's so cool. Even for your daughters to hear you like to see you um, I'm not here to evaluate your practice or what you're doing. I'm here to learn so I can be a part of the, the positive group that's surrounding you. And the other thing I think is cool that people need, I wish we get better at is just that self-awareness. Like the coach says something to you, but you didn't just like shrug it off. Like whatever, dude, uh, it's my daughter. I like, I can clearly tell they're not doing blah, 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 but you took it as, all right, maybe he's got a point or she's got a point. Mm -hmm. Maybe I should take a step back. And I love the fact because it's a great kind of role modeling for your your daughters and for your son to see, all right, I didn't know what I was doing completely. I thought I did, 
which happens all the time in life. And I was told by someone, I didn't take it and go into pout mode. I said, okay, I'll take a step back. And then I started looking at what can I do to get better at supporting you and, and understanding the game, which I think the cool thing too is, and you you keep bringing it up too, is uh, great coaches. Uh, Sirens is surrounded by people that you just, you're learning from and support you and have like like-minded um, types of things. I think it's so cool. Um, I don't think it's coincidence that that's occurred for you. Cause I think just your, your, the way you have been sharing things, whatever, it kind of just sets, that's how you are. You just kind of bring people in and surround yourself by solid people. And I think that's awesome for your kids to see. And then thank you and what have you. So, um, yeah, just, I love it. So stinking cool. Yeah. Um, the other thing that yeah. I think is cool is, uh, everything has conversations involved. Um, and with all the stuff with phones and texting and oh, I'll just Snapchat it real quick. I love the fact that you're like, we're having conversations after practice. Like it's constantly. So is that something that's you've, you've always been a conversationist of sorts? Yep. So two, <laughs> two things, I two things I always say to friends and family, I said, you know, you'll never wonder how I feel about a topic and you'll never wonder how I feel about you. So I wholeheartedly believe in conversation and letting people know right, wrong, or indifferent, where I stand or how I feel or how someone made me feel. I've just always been that way. Um, it's gotten me in trouble at times. I, it has, um, you know, and, and things that I've regret saying in the past or whatever. And then I'm a passionate person about things as well. And again, that's another evolution that, you know, I shouldn't have done that and I won't do it in the future. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoy conversation and just learning and absorbing things that are going around and you know, specifically with this last year and this, this climate of everything going on in the world, um, whether it's a pandemic or, or Black Lives Matter or, you know, equal play again with, with the women, I want to know more so I can have better conversation. I, I you know, I want to go into something, having some knowledge and bringing something to the table about whatever that subject may be. So um, I do, I reach out to a lot of people. Um, I follow on Twitter a lot. Um, for a long period of time, uh, Twitter has that soccer chat, you know, hashtag where you know, there's a, a bunch of coaches that get yeah. together and chat. I followed and interacted that with that for months. And every time I introduced myself, I said, Hey, I'm Kara. I'm not a coach, but here I am trying to learn. And I would have coaches, you know, send me private messages and ask me why my perspective was that way or, um, for better for clarification. Um, I would post questions so I could learn because on there there's there's high school coaches and college coaches and ones that are just starting and so I do I I love talking and learning about every perspective of everything that that is just ingrained in me so um it's not a chore at all to me to learn and and kind of grow from that so I do I focus on it a lot I think the the other neat thing about it is that you know here we are adults and we are still trying to figure things out. I think mm-hmm. that's a great message too, just for the you know youngsters like your your kids and just yeah. and coaches out there that are starting out or they've been doing it for 10, 15 years. Like yeah. always, like the evolving is a great word to use. You're always mm-hmm. kind of evolving and, and moving. And plus when you're forced like this last year, you don't have any choice but to evolve to mm-hmm. you know make things fit in, what have you. With the sirens, what what is the group that surrounds you? What what are some of the positions that are in 
within the group. And is there a, is there like a headquarters? Is there a spot in town that you guys actually work out of? And is there a training area or how does all that stuff work? Yeah. So they, um, with training and then their indoor season, it's all headquartered at game time training center in Fairfield. So they'll do their practices and things there. Um, and that's kind of the unofficial headquarters when we meet, um, and get together with the team. Um, there is a nonprofit organization that's kind of the umbrella of those four organizations between Sirens and Swerve uh, with a board who makes decisions as well. Um, but I've got, like I said, the, you know, the Bridget readers and John Boat, who's been around for, um, gosh, I don't know. I don't want to age him too much. I won't say that, but <laughs> a de- decades, decades. Um, but he's actually the owner of the Sirens organization and, and funds and does all those things. And it just, an amazing person. You know, you've got Craig Rodas, who um, technical director was the head coach and, um, you know, a national team coach has coached professionally and played professionally for 16, I think years, um, just amazing amount of information that, from him. Um, and then some of the other coaches, Jake and Alex and Chase and things that are local coaches around in different clubs who bring the youth kind of perspective in and are able to coach now as we have the academy and move up into the professional ranks. So um, we do, you know, chat on the phone a lot and we throw in text messages back and forth, but we do get together as a group and kind of talk things out. And and I said, I let them handle the soccer side. Um, They've got all of that knowledge. And then I just bring in kind of the back end support of of what we need. So um, every time they open their mouth, I'm learning something from all of them. And and it's fantastic. And even the players, like I said, some have played professionally, some have played you know, at a high level have had, you know, record book breaking seasons at their high schools and colleges and things like that. So um, it's, a, it's just a really cool thing to see everybody come together like that. What has the impact been um, on your, on your kiddos being a part of, of all of that? Have they been like, this is so cool. I would love to be a part of this one day, or has it kind of sparked that kind of aspirations maybe? Yeah, yeah. So they do. Um, they've come. They've all come and um, volunteered at the concession stand and, and kind of worked and watched games and been in, since I've been involved. Um, my freshman this year was able to participate in the Sirens Academy that happened for the first time in January. Um, she'll tell you um, to do it with a couple of her teammates and then some other girls who are older. Um, and she got an opportunity to play with some of the 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 real sirens the the adult sirens players um, a couple different times and I don't think it really dawned on her I was telling Bridget this the other day I said I don't think it dawned on her she was out on the field with Bridget Reader who's 30 under 30 coach state champion coach um, played professionally she was on the field with Jackie Esterkamp who played professionally overseas with Macy Hamblin who you know has records at Fairfield and, and NKU um, Kate Drummond, who just is an all-around amazing person and, and you know, breaks ankles of the best men she plays against. Um, I don't think it dawned on her that, that that was the level at which she was learning from and being surrounded by. Um, and we joked, she said, you know, maybe it would have scared her and, and she would have been nervous, but she got out there and played her little heart out and learned and listened and absorbed. And she did. She'll tell you, she, she's gotten better. So um, it's exciting for me as a mom to see them now having kind of grown up in the operational side to be able to now get those opportunities to play with these women. Cause I think the world of them. So it's, it's been a fun transition as well. 
the one thing that goes back to when you were talking about your indoor experience was anybody can play type of thing. And it doesn't matter that we were professionals. We're not going to like, we're not above playing with like, if you want to play, come out and play. And if you want to try to hang, hang. But like you said, I'm going to break your ankle. I'm going to make a move, make you, so you better be ready for it. And the next time better um, for it. And it's the old adage of iron strength is iron type thing. So having her surrounded by that type of quality soccer player, but even more, like you said, even just better, just women, um, just great heads on their shoulders is, is, is huge. Um, I've absolutely loved this chat. This is so stinking cool. I have too. I have too. (laughs) I'm excited because I'm going to start checking into a little bit more. Um, But for people like me and for others, what's a great way to contact you and what's a great way to find out more about um, possibly, you know, watching games or being a part of the Cincinnati um, sirens or swerve? What are some of those options to contact, reach out? Yeah, so we have um, a very active social media, um, especially on the siren side with everything going on. So uh, we're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and even LinkedIn. Um, and then both both sites have a website. So CincinnatiSirens.com and then CincinnatiSwerve.com. My contact information is listed there on both. Um, people can reach out to me as well. Um, or our general Cincinnati Swerve at Gmail account and our Cincinnati Sirens at Gmail account. So um, there's definitely different ways to get a hold of anybody. And if I'm not the right person, I can put anybody in contact with any of the coaches from any of our teams or our academy director or technical director and that sort of thing. So um, definitely out there. I am on personally on all social media as well. Um, so anybody can reach out to me too um, on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. Um, and get a hold of me there too. So there's lots of avenues. Right on. I will put all this the, the information about the Cincinnati Sirens and Swerve on the episode notes of this when I send it out and, and share and what have you. The the cool thing too I know is that um, we've got so many awesome people within that organization, it sounds like that and we love to talk the game and how we can grow it. So I think if people have ideas of hey, I was thinking about doing this, you guys are hey, we're all open to to what we can do and continue to grow and, and make a positive impact in, in the soccer world. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. And I, and I think um, too, just as a, as a side note, um, I would encourage anybody that wants to get involved, you know, especially on the women's side too, there, there needs to be more female refs, more female coaches, more female administrators, um, things like that, that, that are out there for positive role models. So, you know, if there's anybody that wants to jump on board, and get involved, um, definitely reach out because we are always looking for people and, and men too, don't get me wrong there too. Um, we're always looking for, you know, people to get involved on the back side of things on operational side of things, but also in coaching and, and things like that to impact these young players and kind of, you know, be these role models that they all need. So, um, even if it's not a player or you're done playing, or that's not your avenue, um, anyone who wants to work in the soccer world on the other side, we're open to talk to anybody as well. That's an amazing point too, that, and you're a perfect example of that. Like I'm making an impact in the soccer world and I don't really have a plethora of playing experience, but I've learned, I've been on the sidelines and I'm, and here you are making a huge impact um, and connecting. So I love the idea of there's other ways to make impacts in the world of soccer. Um, Being a soccer mom is not all that bad. All this, there's a bunch of soccer moms going, wait a minute, I got stuck with is a smelly van. Right, right. 
hoping to run like a little semi-pro team and it's growing right. and, and bubbling up and then her kids are rocking and rolling and, and doing amazing things. But yeah. like I said, even just from the chat and just the way your perspective on like the recruiting side and how you, how you're doing things with the swerve and the sirens. Um, I don't find it as a surprise that you're having success in, you know, with what's going on with your family and with what's going on on the kind of the business side. I appreciate that very much. Nope. I've, I've tried, tried to do the best that we can. <laughs> it's like you said, it's all an evolution. It's all process. It, it absolutely is. Like if we, if we have a certain standard, we can't hold our kids to a different standard than what we have. Right. So we, we've got to, we've got to, you know, do the best we can, let our kids do the best they can and kind of evolve together. So it's definitely a process. <laughs> well, I'm going to wrap this thing up. Hey, this is Karen Coach's Corner Chats with Tara Stroud, and I'm out. Peace.